0: Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of his promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast. Today on the podcast, we're going to return to a series that we started quite a while ago on the commandments. And if you want to go back and check out anything that we've done before, you can go to our YouTube channel, Eagles on the Hill. Just search for Eagles on the Hill on YouTube, and there'll be a playlist there that will give you some of the podcasts we've done before on different commandments. We haven't done them all yet, but we'll get there eventually. We kind of do one every once in a while. And so today we're going to do the first commandment. Kind of strange not to have done that already since we're doing a series, but I've kind of done them out of order just as I feel like doing them, We do them. So um, remember, as we do the commandments, that there's a numbering issue with the commandments, that we're doing the first commandment in the Lutheran numbering today, the Roman Catholic numbering as well. However, in actuality, the real, true, proper numbering of the commandments, I believe, is the Jewish numbering, the original numbering of the commandments. And in the Jewish version, the first commandment is, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So it's not really a commandment, it's a word. In fact, the Jews call them the Ten Words, and it's a word. It's a word of gospel. And strangely enough, because Luther borrowed from the Roman Catholics and their numbering system, we lost the gospel in these Ten Words. So what a shame for Lutherans to have lost the gospel in the Ten Words. Nevertheless, before what we call, Lutherans call, the First Commandment, there is this sense of... God does things first. He is the one who bought us out of slavery to sin by the death of his son, Jesus, on the cross. Because Jesus has done this for us, our first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. And Luther says in his explanation, what does this mean? He says, we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Pretty simple Straightforward explanation. Now, the Jews in there they use this as the second commandment because their first word is, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. But the Jews then have as their second commandment that we should have no other gods in place of God, the true God, and we should not make any graven image. So they include that in this commandment. The point of the commandment is not the graven images. That's just how the ancients worshipped other gods. And so uh, that's why it was kind of tagged there in Exodus chapter 20 as part of this word. But the focus of this word, this commandment, is not on graven images. The focus is on not having any other gods. Bringing in the graven image piece allows us to think about— uh, other gods as being, you know, this these idols. Uh, the story of the golden calf in the Old Testament as the people of Israel came out of the land of Egypt and uh, created this golden calf where they bowed down and worshiped and got up to celebrate and party around the golden calf. And so some people think, well, if I don't have a, a graven image, if I don't have a golden calf, I guess I've kept this commandment. That kind of makes the commandment irrelevant to modern life. So we miss the point of the commandment if we're thinking about graven images as the only point of the commandment. The point of the commandment is to not worship anything and everything except for the true God, the one who is, the one who appeared to Moses at the burning bush and said, I am, all other gods are not, the one who created the world, the one who's outside of the world. And that was unique In uh, Jewish life, it's what the Scripture brings to us, is that there is a creator God who's outside of creation, who's not part of creation. This commandment, the first commandment in the Lutheran numbering, and we'll just call it the first commandment from here on out, is the most important of all the commandments for a number of reasons. Uh, First and foremost is that when a person violates any other commandment, they are automatically violating this first commandment, this first commandment, really, if you keep that, you pretty much keep the whole thing. In fact, Jesus, when he was asked, what is the most important commandment? He said the most important commandment was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And the second, he said, is like to it, love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus said, this first commandment, love the Lord your God, is the most important. Now notice how Jesus brings in the word love when he answers that question of what the most important commandment in Exodus chapter 20 doesn't talk about loving God. It just says, you shall have no other gods before me. Where does Jesus get love the Lord your God? He gets it from Deuteronomy chapter six. So Jesus pulls in love from Deuteronomy chapter six to love God. That's where that version, if you will, of the commandment is found. It's interesting that God commands us to love him. He doesn't command us to like Him. Think about that for a moment. With all the things that have happened to you in your life, to me in my life, some of the challenges, the evil things that go on, the difficulties I've experienced in life, oftentimes a person might say, I don't really like God. Well, God doesn't tell us we have to like Him. He commands us rather to love Him, that is, to honor Him. That is to serve him. That is to sacrifice for him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so God commands us to honor him by giving our lives to him. That's what love really is. So if the commandment is not really thought about today to deal with graven images, with idols, with little things we set up on our mantle and bow down and worship and burn incense to, although it can be that, it is that, What are the kind of gods that we have that we set up in our lives to oppose the true God? Well, I think the biggest God we have is ourselves. Look at the temptation to Adam and Eve in the garden that they could become like God. We desire to be in charge of our own lives from the moment we're conceived, the scripture says. And so we have ourselves as our own God. Things don't go well and we have ourselves as our own God. People have power as a God. People have money as a God. In fact, Jesus kind of set the true God up against money, the love of money, as one of the main competitions for the true God. Jesus says you cannot serve both God and— he didn't say God and power, although he could have said that. He didn't say you cannot serve both God and sex. He could have said that. He didn't say you cannot serve both God and country. could have said that, but he said you cannot serve both God and money. So Jesus realized that money was going to uh, be a prime competitor for the true God. So power, uh, ourselves, money, um, sex, we talked about that just briefly. Our country, people can have the country as their God, Uh, art as God, education as God, love as God. There's so, so many Actually, when you think about the list, so many good things, so many things that God created for our good can take the place of God in our lives, can take that number one spot that God should have in our lives. Um, All of these things power, money, sex, our country, art, education, love, whatever things you want to put in the list all of those things have their place ordered by the creator God who's outside of creation. They're wonderful but when they're worshiped when they take the number one place in our lives they can lead to terrible results in our own lives and disastrous results in the lives of many many people in the world when people in power take on those false gods so why is this first commandment then so important well the issue is there is only one god And that God is outside of creation. He is to be worshipped. When God is worshipped as our creator, the creator of all things, think about how that impacts our relationships with others. If all of us human beings have the same creator, then we are all brothers and sisters. Does that not change how we treat others to know that our fellow human beings are created by the same God, that we are all brothers and sisters, that no one person or no one group is more valuable than any other. In addition, if there's one creator God who created all things in the universe, that means there's only one moral standard for all people, that our morality is not uh, does not change based on the vote of a people. Morality does not change based on the culture that you're in. That morality comes from God, our Creator, who's created us to live a certain way according to the Ten Commandments. That's the gift of morality that God's given to us. So when you worship the God of the Ten Commandments, if you think about it, if the world would be bowing down to the God of the Ten Commandments, the world would be good. Can you imagine how good a world would be when it honored that first commandment, if everyone in the world honored that first commandment? On the other hand, when you worship a false god, a god of power, God of money, a god of sex, god of country, god of love, whatever it might be, when you when those things get out of place, then you're going to wind up with a terrible world. And we could go through different examples of that. You could think of some of them yourself, I'm sure. It's just kind of that simple. And the same thing that's true for macro, for the whole world, for countries. That same thing is true on a micro scale for ourselves as well for each individual person. If you think about it, when you live life by the Ten Commandments, you come up with a pretty good life. And think about many of the troubles that have come in your life and in my life. They've come because either I or others have violated one or more of these Ten Commandments, which then means they violated this first commandment. All of the commandments, but especially this first one, um, is to be used like every other commandment in God's law. That is, we say as Lutherans, there are three uses of God's law, the curb, the mirror, and the guide. God's given us laws to be used as a curb, that is, for society to function well together. And blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The scripture says that. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. This, this first commandment functions as a curb on society. When our God is not the Lord, look what happens. Uh, think about what happens when, for instance, 10 commandments are taken out of classrooms because God forbid that someone might follow those 10 commandments. How does that affect our culture? The law is there as a curb. Think about this first commandment as a mirror that is to show me who I really am. As I go through the list of possible false gods power, self, money, sex, country uh, on and on it could go. As I go through that list, And I look at my own life and evaluate myself. I say, wow, I have violated that first commandment. I desperately need a Savior. I desperately need Jesus and his death on the cross for me to give me forgiveness. So a curb, a mirror, and a guide. The first commandment is there for me as a guide, the rest of the commandments as well, as a guide for my Christian life, for your Christian life. When I say, how can I respond to this love of God for me? How can I respond to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for me? What does God want from me? Well, he wants me to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my mind, to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. That's the guide that God's given to me. And then the rest of the commandments flow from that. So that's the first commandment. It's a uh, extremely important commandment. Jesus says it's the most important commandment. and He talks about it as loving God with all our heart soul, strength, and mind. So we pray that uh, that would be a blessing to you, that today, as we use these commandments as a curb, a mirror, and a guide in our lives, that God would bless us, that he would be faithful to the promises of his word, that when we follow him, we receive blessing, we receive the gift of uh, assurance of that close relationship with him in that regard. Thanks for listening to us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to write us at Eagles on the Hill 211, at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts about this podcast or other topics you'd like us to cover as we continue to journey through life together. We pray that you would uh, be remembering the promise of God in Isaiah 40, that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and they will fly on wings like eagles. That's our prayer for you today. Thanks for listening to the podcast.